Hello, hello, and thank you for dancing with me this week on Dancing in the Discomfort Zone podcast, episode 215. Hey, my name's Ann Bonnie. I am your host. I am yourchangespeaker.com. And uh, we are here with Sandy Bean. So sometimes you just meet somebody where you're like, I want to hang out with them. They seem like a lot of fun. And Sandy was exactly that person. I just moved to St. Pete about six months ago and wanted to find a, a community. And the St. Pete Girl Boss Group was something that Sandy had started uh, to connect entrepreneurial women in the St. Pete area. So in this episode, we're gonna learn about her story. We're gonna learn about how she started the group and how it grew, uh, how she used her intuition, how she was just kind of taking opportunities um, rather than having a strategy, though she did have a strategy as she went through trying to figure out how she was going to support her family and follow her intuition and follow her joy. So we talk about all those things today on Dancing in the Discomfort Zone. Thank you for joining me. Enjoy this episode. All right, we are Dancing in the Discomfort Zone today with Sandy Bean here at the Karma Cafe in St. Pete. How are you today? I am excellent. It's always a, a great day here at Karma in St. Pete. It's yeah. always a good day to hang out with you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, great to have you. And I was excited because I met you through the St. Pete Girl Boss Group, which is a networking group for entrepreneurial women here in St. Pete. And I moved here, so I want to make friends. And I was like, that sounds like a great way to make friends. And so I did. So just let's start. Actually, let's start a little bit farther back. Tell me your story. How did you end up creating this women's networking group in St. Pete? It's so strange because I grew up in, in Ohio. I've been an Ohio born and raised and I was a teacher, right? So my son was born when I was young and I was like, what job could I have? Or I could like get summers off and like have some chill time, which is totally not what being a teacher is. But <laughs> the outside perception perhaps is. So I became a teacher and was pretty much in that zone where I was like, yeah, this is good, I'm good, everything's fine. But my oldest daughter has had a series of mental health challenges, physical health challenges that led us, you know, sort of the way thing leads to thing right into Florida um, I brought her down to Florida in 2018 for OCD treatment there's a famous doctor that came down here and so you know as I was teaching I'm like well, we'll take a summer we'll get her some treatment this is what we're gonna do we came down here and she was treated did great we came back up north and she started to fall apart again developed anorexia brought her back down and it happened three times so the third time I brought her back I was like I have to stay I need to stay Maddie needs something that Ohio is obviously not giving her. So I just sort of picked everything up. And I had those like clear bins that you like stuff under your bed. <laughs> and like I have a van and I'm like, I'm just going to put whatever I can in put here. Put the bins in the van. I ADHD pack too, where it's like, it's fine. Does it close? We're good. We're good. So it was like, we'll put it all in there and we'll be fine. This is my dog and my, my little one who was, I think, five at the time. And then Maddie and me and my, my middle daughter came down afterward. But I didn't realize I was going to stay. When I brought her down for treatment the third time, it was February of 2019. And I just knew that she was falling apart and I needed help. And I knew that I wasn't finding it there. We exhausted all of the treatment options for her within an hour radius or so of our house. Mm. We were paying cash for things and she just was getting worse and worse and worse. And so we were like, okay, I have to do something. So I just uprooted them and we had a charity apartment and you know, I did what I could. And watching her thrive, I realized like I can't take her back there. So I'm gonna need a job. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's the middle of a school year. I don't wanna substitute. Cause if you don't know anything about that, the pay is poor and it's you get sort of put wherever you don't have that opportunity to really develop relationships with kids and stuff so I was like well you know 
what shall I do? So really <laughs> kind of, shall I what do? shall I do? <laughs> kind of digging into it. It's weird because this was the first time that something sort of clicked, right? I met someone randomly because I was waiting tables at a cafe for extra money because I still had my teacher cash coming in for a while. And um, they, it was a hairdresser and he needed a hair model. So whatever, cool. I needed my hair done. <laughs> I have hair. Exactly. I can do I this. Can model. He was interviewing for a management position for a salon that was opening and I went and just said model. And I started talking to the owner who was doing the technical interview and he needed, he was talking about how on his new Instagram page someone was like flaming him he's like I really need someone who can handle this like I don't know what to do about this and I was like you know I can handle that like I know nothing about marketing but fine I'm an English major and he's like okay well you're hired I need someone to do marketing and I was like okay he was it was like I was on salary and that was it it was crazy and he was the nicest guy so I actually ended up working for bishops until the pandemic and I learned so much that in retrospect, I needed to know from a business perspective because he had an MBA, um, ran his wife's medical office, and I just paid attention. Uh. You know, the, it's, it was a franchise, so it's heavily structured in terms of the marketing, in terms of the brand book, and they had a wonderful support staff. So I just listened at meetings and paid attention and absorbed everything I could, and he gave me free reign to like, I mean, I did some beautiful projects with him. And when the pandemic came and everything shut down, I was like, well, what am I gonna do? I need something that's secure. He wasn't hiring marketing outsource anymore. And I was like, well, I could go back to teaching. And <clears throat> I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. I remember grabbing a notebook and writing up the framework for my business that I have now and having an idea, well, maybe if I start a group, like a network, then maybe we can help each other out. And I got scared. And I ended up talking to my girl's dad and said, you know, do you think I should do this? Like kind of do my own thing or, and he's very practical. Raised by like a family of like, suck it up buttercup folks, which mm. is so not me. Mm. I'm very much more like a hummingbird. Like, yeah, oh, I don't I'll try to little this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm out of here. But he's not like that. He's like, I think it's very practical. You should take the position. So I applied and I got five jobs, like boom, cause they need teachers so badly. Mm. And I loved it. I taught there for a year, but it just wasn't what I wanted. And I felt the whole time like, oh, that heaviness that you feel like, what did I do? So it was a self-contained classroom, fourth grade. Everybody had to wear a mask. I loved those children with all my heart, but it just wasn't, I knew that it wasn't for me. And the school year comes around and there's this conversation. And my background for teaching, I taught middle school English language arts and science. And then I evolved into doing gifted education and I had a, um, inclusion classes with a co-teacher. So I had special education students who were pulled out just for my language arts, all the way up to gifted kids who were great, accelerated, just the whole spectrum of students. And I love gifted kids. That's what my endorsement is in. And I love working with twice exceptional kids. And we were doing our classroom list for the following year. And two of my colleagues, bless them, got into a disagreement because they wanted more of the gifted kids in their room and they were going to leave one girl by herself in another classroom because it wasn't quote unquote fair to not distribute the talent so they say throughout the classrooms because of test scores they were not talking about these children like they were people mm -hmm. they were not talking about what they needed this particular girl was already great accelerated and had trouble relating to her peers because of it and nobody was talking about that so I said I can't do this I need to give these kids something more so I stepped out of that and taught summer school which was something and then started the Bean Center for Gifted Enrichment and Support and that was a blast. And that was another thing that felt easy. I had clients coming in, schools, Shorecrest, like Plato Academy. I was just writing this curriculum. And then I came up against this other piece where it was like, mm, another pivot, like, oh my God. And it was at that point I was like, well, I could get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> but I remembered what happened when I got a real job last time. And I just meditated <clears throat> and tried to get really clear on it because that's sort of my process is what does it feel like in my body when I want to pivot? Mm -hmm 
felt into it and I realized I needed to figure out how to market. I needed to figure out like, what do I need to do to be able to like sell and get these folks like, um, you know, hearing about my programs, right? I need to meet more parents, things like that. And being new to the area, I didn't know anybody. So it was really difficult. Like if I had started this up in Mayfield where I'm from, it would have been a piece of cake, mm -hmm. right? Like people knew me. I had 20 years of experience. I went and I was like a celebrity in the community. Like, hey, this is me. <laughs> you know, like teachers, you know, the famous. Yeah, sure, everybody the, knows the teacher. Exactly. Yeah. The weird English teacher that teaches with her bare feet, like Edgar Allan Poe in the dark. That was me. So <laughs> it was like, you, people hear about you, you know, you run the science Olympiad, you know, you meet all the, all the kids. So it was one of those things that I just didn't have a network. And so I was working from July until December in this, this gifted enrichment center. Of and 21. Of, yeah, okay. 21, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and it was right before Christmas and I was like really meditating, praying like this, I need you know some finance to come through, I need to do something. And there was a client that I had talked to in the summer that wasn't ready for me that hired me that year and I got a check for 15 grand, like fell in my lap. So I had some breathing room now, which was the mm. most exciting thing. I've never mm. had that much money come through. I was yeah, like, oh right. my God. But I knew that like if I had gotten something else, it wouldn't have come through the same way. Yeah. So the money was there, I had some room to breathe and I thought, okay, I need to meet more entrepreneurs because I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> I had learned enough with bishops, but hair versus children, it's like different, you know? And so I was like, okay, I want to meet some folks. So I started going to some different groups. I started going to Entrepreneur Social Club. I started just trying to meet some folks and that's a great group in the area. But when I went there, I found that First of all, when I walked in, I was like, oh my God, these are my people. People with that energy where they're excited and they want to create and they're, they want to do things. But I found that there wasn't enough time for like, I'm a big proponent because of what Matt proponent, because of what Madison has been through for that real authentic connection. I feel like too, having been a teacher and you've been in education, if you don't form a relationship with someone first, it's difficult to build anything that's really meaningful. And trust. I wanted to collab exactly. Mm -hmm. The trust is everything. Yep. I wanted to be able to collaborate. I wanted to get mentorship from them, but I also wanted to understand what they needed so that I could feel like it was a reciprocal relationship. Right? Mm -hmm. So in the networking space, I wanted a place where you could have a little bit more conversation. It wasn't about like, here's my business card. Like it just didn't yeah. feel right to uh -huh. me, you know? And I knew just from, you know, working in the spaces that I had, like kind of what I had in mind. So I remember I was driving my friend home and I thought, I, I said to her, wouldn't it be cool if we started like a women's networking group, but like maybe we could meet and like, I don't know, have coffee or whatever. And she was like, oh, I guess. And I was like, ah, but you have to help me. And I remember telling people like, I need help. Like you got to start this with me. I don't know anybody. And she was just like, I'm really busy. I don't think so. And so it really hit me that that's what I needed. I needed support. And so had Christmas with the kids, whatever. And this thought was just like swirling and swirling and swirling as I'm amping up to take on individual And this students. is literally one year ago from right now. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Really swirling and it's in there and it's like one of those things and I'm meditating and you know, getting real clear and I just know that that's what I'm supposed to do. But there's this like splinter that's like, who are you to start that? Mm. Who do you think you are, mm. right? Like you're not an entrepreneur. You can even get your crap together with your, <laughs> like you've got like four students and you've worked for, you know, I mean, two clients, they're high-end clients, but I didn't feel like I had, like, who am I? I felt like I had to be whatever the definition of successful is to, to be a, 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 the center of that kind of universe, you mm. know? And I'm like, well, whatever. So <clears throat> January rolls around. I love that. Well, whatever. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. So January oh, rolls okay, around. Oh, okay. So you weren't going to do it. I, I was like, that was the decision. I waited about. In the moment. Uh, exactly. Okay. Two weeks went by. Well, it's Christmas too. So I'm like, eh. about two weeks went by. It's mid-January. My kids are back in school and I just can't sleep. I'm going through this like, I can't sleep. It's about four o'clock in the morning. It's January. It's the 27th, as a matter of fact. And I get up. And I was like, I'm just doing it. I grabbed my phone. I started the group on Facebook. I made the little graphic in Canva on my phone at four oh. o'clock in the morning, put it up there. I invited, I think maybe five or 10 people, everybody that I had met 
within, you know, just from the group that I knew. So I had worked for a gym and done their social media. So I invited some of the trainers I knew. I invited, um, I do social media for, um, and metaphysical shop so I invited her just those and I DM them and I said listen if you want to come in I'm, I'm please invite some of your friends I have questions just about business I think it'll be a cool place to vibe and it's just for women that own business in the area I want it to be local so cool so about three of them were like oh okay awesome and invited a few people they knew by that afternoon I had a couple hundred <gasps> Lynn was one of them Lynn, Lynn Gilliland yeah people I didn't know I was like every time somebody else I didn't know joined I was like oh my god Oh, I don't know you. Exactly. It was so exciting. <laughs> What's happening? And about, after about a week, I, I made an appointment with Jennifer that owns Chrislip and just wanted to see if she wanted to join because we only sort of tangentially knew each other. And I said, you know, I have this group. Do you want to join? I know you've started business. You've been successful. And she's like, well, sure. And if you want to have in-person meetings, like, you know, you can get come to the cafe here. And I'm like, all right, that feels good, you know. Um, and in the, all the while, kind of asking questions in the group about like, tell me about this. Tell me about marketing. And people are so willing to share their stuff and it was amazing to me the advice I was getting the encouragement I was getting and I'm in there posting like every day like memes and like just and I don't know like I'm going live with like no makeup my gray hair and a bun you know just trying to like show them like I'm showing up for this because uh -huh. it means something to me I want you to see who I am uh -huh. because the entrepreneurial space was the first space I'd ever really felt like I could just show up and be who I was mm. you know and I think that could be an expectation I I have of myself is the best self mask that I throw on just varies from situation to situation. Yeah. I didn't feel like it needed to be like that. Um, even running my gifted enrichment center, it was like, you have to be like best teacher ever or being in my classroom, you know, teaching public school. There's a very careful persona you must cultivate. I have a whole story about something I did that went viral that got me in big trouble, but we'll go back. <laughs> so careful public persona. So as an entrepreneur though, you base your brand on who you are. You, yeah, yeah. And it was like- Which is both wonderful and terrifying. Terrifying, yeah. exactly. But it forces you to get real intimate with yourself really fast. Yeah. And so I realized as I was kind of going through this process, like that's very exciting and that people liked that because they would tell me like, you're showing up like this and I feel like because you are showing your skills and imperfections, I can do that too, yep. I can be that person. Yep. So after we, we had maybe 10 or 12 people at our first meeting and you know, within about a month we had 800 or so and then you know, I think within six or seven months we were at 3,000 people. <clears throat> in the Facebook group. In the Facebook yeah. group, correct. But it feels like that on the Friday morning coffees. It feels very, like about 3,000 people. <laughs> so very busy. When we started to get, it was wild too because I didn't know, I planned the curriculum for all the coffees until this month. Everything came through me and it was just exhausting. But all of the curriculum that went through, all of the posts, all of that, I have such a careful idea of the culture I wanted to cultivate. Mm -hmm. And it is very much based on the culture I cultivated in my middle school. Because if you know anything about human development, that age, that middle school age is such a huge time. Of, it's like a toddler, but you know. Identity development. Totally. Yeah. Uh -huh. But if you think about that in entrepreneurship, it's those are different parts of your brain and personality that some people will never access. Mm -hmm. And so we're in this very uncomfortable cognitive space as we grow, as we shrink, as we move, as we pivot, that is very similar in terms of development if you really look at change and growth, right? So I wanted to cultivate a space that felt safe for yeah. people. And I didn't realize it would become a full-time job. But when okay. I look back, like there isn't, there aren't really a lot of spaces like that, especially right. that are just for women, you know? Yeah. So I want to stop you right here for a yeah, sec yeah. because you basically had the, at Christmas, you were mm -hmm. like, okay, whatever, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And then on the 27th, you're like, okay, whatever, I'm doing it. Exactly. And there, and it wasn't the strategy. There wasn't the plan. There wasn't this big baked thing. You were just like, I'm just going to start and create a logo and then make a Facebook page. That's it. Literally. I was like, oh, this font's pretty. Oh, I like pink. 
<laughs> literally the entire basic it's a nice rose it is a nice pink it's very pretty <laughs> let's do this well, and I think thing. it's such an important important thing because sometimes we just have to do it oh, I think we overthink ourselves out of everything right it's crazy I don't have a full plan I don't have it all together I don't know everything and sometimes you just have to kick the ball down the court and run after it and say well let's see what happens here totally. it's a beautiful thing though and I mean Actually, like now that I'm looking back, maybe having a strategy plan wouldn't have been a bad idea. But I don't what know. would you have ever started? No, I never would have. That's I, the point. I would have looked at it and been like, that's a lot of work. Yeah. I don't want to do it. And so there, there's, I, I beat myself up a little bit about that, like backpedaling and being like, well, I should have done it this way. I should yeah, have done it I that do way. that with my business. It's yeah. so hard, right? Yeah. But I do think that I, you're right. I wouldn't have. And I don't think that I would have started it with the same abandon mm. and authenticity if I had taken it so seriously mm -hmm. as people tend to take it like I'm starting a business. Yeah. Some of the most beautiful businesses and business owners I've met have started it just because it felt good yeah. and it was what they wanted to do. And here we are. And they don't like, I think there's such a beauty in not taking it seriously. Because I think we block ourselves, like, by mm -hmm. overthinking, by, you know, that frantic energy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if you have a crush on someone, you're like, why don't you like me? Why don't you like me? Why don't you like me? Why don't you like <laughs> He hasn't texted yet. He hasn't texted yet. Yeah. That's why. So I feel like business is sort of similar. Like, why isn't yeah. it coming? Why am I not doing right? Yeah. Like, sometimes you just got to take a breath and, like, you know, feel into where it's supposed to feel. And I still feel blocked sometimes as I'm processing or moving through this process. But now I... I I've trained myself to be like, take a step back, put some space between that emotion and what we choose to do with it, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you've said a couple times, I've meditated on it. Uh-huh. So talk to me a little bit about how meditation, and you said you use this with your coaching clients too, yep, yep. how meditation helps you find that clarity because that's where so many of us get scared and stop is it's like, I don't know what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I could do all of these things. I want to do them all. Exactly. And so like, how do we get that clarity and how does meditation fit into that? It was really hard for me to start meditating because I'm like a squirrel. Like I have ADHD <laughs> and so I have to like train and I love that part of myself. I'm super creative. Yeah. I have a million ideas at once, but like sometimes I'm like, Girl. It's exciting to watch you talk. It's, I'm like, wait, and I'm a verbal processor too. So like people will be like, what do you think about this? And I'll be like, oh, and then I literally, the way I liken it is I like feel like I'm plucking inspiration from the air around mm. me and it's coming out of my face. <laughs> and so to be able to be quiet with that is really tricky. So I tell my clients to just start small. So for me now, it's about 45 minutes a day, mm -hmm. but it's a way to just quiet myself down and connect to what my body feels like. And, and I sort of, I, I love like Dr. Joe Dispenza. Some people mm -hmm. are like, what on earth is yep. he all about? But I love him yep. or any kind of guided meditation, just so I can let my brain go on a journey that I'm not in charge of. Mm -hmm. And so you begin to feel like what it feels like to be led. And I feel like whatever divine energetic source that, that people choose to believe in, there is an element of that, that some of it is right for you or your purpose or whatever. And you can almost feel it pulling you, right? You can, like, you know how it feels like that feeling when you do some, do, go down a dark alley and you're like, oh shit, I shouldn't be. This is it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That feeling is what we feel when we're not supposed to be pursuing something energetically in our day, a relationship, uh -huh. yeah. a job, whatever. But we sort of have, we're so used to all this stuff coming at us on a daily From basis. From the outside. Correct. Yes. It's almost, you know how have you been, ever been, like we don't notice the music anymore because we're outside the cafe because you, that renticular filtration system Reticular on our- activating system. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. It's like you have to just, you have to be able to filter all that stuff out. Mm -hmm. So we have blocked off so much. We've even blocked off what feels right and good, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to get into that zone where you can link up to whatever it is that feels good and right for you with that activating system, right? So meditation does that for me because I can quiet down the squirrels. 
I can take a deep breath. I can just feel into like, okay, what am I supposed to be paying attention to? And then all of a sudden it just occurs to me, mm -hmm. right? So I don't think it's magic so much as it's just understanding energetics and like, you know, physics where there is a frequency, I suppose, that you can connect to and you do and you know that it's right. And all of a sudden your thoughts become clear and you can go in that direction. Now, I'm not saying it's always entirely clear exactly what the end goal is like there's a scene in alice in wonderland where there's a dog and he has a broom on his face and he's brushing yeah. off the path one one stone at a time and she's behind him and you can see him going Ch -ch -ch, and he brushes off a stone and then steps on that stone and then brushes off the next one and i think of it that way like meditation shows me the next stone mm. and so i step on it and then i go okay now what can i see from here because yeah. the perspective the view changes depending on how high up the mountain you are or how far down the path and i talk about that in my keynote too mm -hmm. is sometimes we have to get off the porch of the comfort zone and start moving even though we can't see the whole path mm -hmm, exactly. because when you take just one little step you're going to at least see the next step you start to um you start to be able to see the path and it becomes more clear but it's that over intellectualizing 100%. that when i made that connection that i'm trying to strategize i'm trying to think no but when i'm thinking like what should i do mm -hmm. what would my dad think i should do yes. what would i have learned in school what is what is the somebody that's been successful done before and and what I needed to do was stop intellectualizing. And that's what I feel when I meditate. I've done the same guided meditation several times and gotten completely different things totally, out of it every time. because of what I needed in that moment. And if, and if y'all are listening to this right now and you listen to last week's episode, Michelle talked about the star of alignment and the middle part being the identity and your true self. And I think that's what it is, is it's pulling out all the different strings that you have out in the world, pulling them into the middle of your little combustible star and saying, where am I now? Mm -hmm. And that meditation allows us to hear that message. And like ground into the center of that, right? Yeah. And just really get quiet. And I think there's so much that is involved in the embodiment of that and just feeling through it. Because I think our, do you ever read The Untethered Soul? I think I did. Yeah. There's a boat on the front, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, okay. You, remember how he talks about how you're not your thoughts? If you're just mm. like going through your day mm -hmm. and you're not thinking of anything, you still actually exist, mm -hmm. right? I think that we get caught up a lot in that thinking that we are. The chatter. Correct. Mm -hmm. Like we, all of that stuff that's coming in actually matters when it really doesn't. Once you can kind of get quiet and it occurs to you, okay, this is what I think I'm going to do. Mm. And then you do it, you know, the resources you need and all that kind of comes in as part of the process. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that there is a certain point where you do need to listen to advice, and but it may just be resources that you need to take the action you need to take. So for example, like if it's a business and you don't know anything about marketing, all of a sudden someone will show up and you'll be like, oh, you know marketing. What can you teach me? It's amazing, yeah, right? How right. the right resources come in at the right time. Right. But I think being able to meditate and get quiet and start to listen to what that feels like for me, and it works every time with my clients, that mm. it's, I just call it tuning into your intuition. Mm -hmm. If you can get quiet, you can feel your intuition, then nine times out of 10, you can get to that place where you okay. need to be, you know? And step two for that mm -hmm. is then trusting yes. that intuition. Talk to me about that a little bit, because that's a fun part. Oh, totally crazy. Going, oh, wow, that was a crazy idea. <laughs> I've learned that they don't make sense. And I honestly think that sometimes it just has to come from experience, mm. right? Where you're like, I don't, why, what is it, why do I want to do that? That's, what are you doing? Like, I call them downloads because they're uh -huh. those ideas that you're like, that didn't even come from anywhere. Like, what is that? <laughs> Where you're brushing your teeth and you're like, I don't want to start a band. What? Yeah. Like, what is going on? But the more I follow those, the more I'm like, oh, yeah. right. So I think that just comes from experience, just trusting that even if it doesn't, and it doesn't, you don't have to sell all your belongings. And I mean, maybe you do. Um, and, I've done you know, it. <laughs> and whatever. But, but sometimes it just takes a tremendous amount of trust. But I feel like 
if you can baby step your way into it, sometimes then people can trust that that flex flex that trust muscle. Like mm. with manifestation or alignment, sometimes when people focus on something small at first, like I really want to have a good feeling about just something that's low risk, and they sort of just let put it out there and let it go, and then they get downloads about smaller stuff and begin to follow those hunches. I think that's when you start to build your trust muscle enough that when you get a big download, you're like, okay, I know what this feels like. I've trusted it before on a lesser mm. level. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and go with it. You know, I think for me, that's how it always was. Well, and it seems to me that when you decided to take certain steps and then 15 grand fell in your lap. It's crazy, right? It seems to be that, that trust. I sent a Merry Christmas email following up. Just what? And I, I sent a that's what it was. I sent a Merry Christmas, like Happy New Year email. Yeah. And he was like, oh, by the way. And I wasn't even thinking of this client mm. at all, right? It's just little stuff, right? right? But that's creating that magnetism with that mm -hmm. trust. Exactly. That. Exactly. I, I mean, love it. Yeah, the magnetism piece is huge. And there's a lot of people that, you know, I do human design too. And like really. What is human design? Human Explain design is, a, it's really cool actually. It's a system of sort of a guide map for your soul that was downloaded in the 80s by some guy that changed his name to Ra, and it's based on quantum physics, the I Ching, and astrology. So you get this graph called a body graph, and it's got centers and these channels that connect them, and everyone's is kind of a unique guide as to what sort of energy type you are, how you listen to your inner authority, and what strategy you should use to hear it, and then it basically tells you like, you know, your magic. It's really, really cool. It's kind of amazing. I'll totally do your chart for you. Okay, I'm, cool. I'm like, I I'm not as that. good as some people we have in the group. Like there are actual pros, but I know it well enough to be able to use it pretty effectively with my clients. And so one of the things that they talk about is like how to tune up your magnetism. And one of the ways in the plan that you tune up your magnetism, at least when you're someone like me, is you just say in your joy. Uh -huh. Do things, pursue your joy, mm -hmm. right? And as woo as Abraham Hicks is, it's mm. one of those things that I, the only thing I probably understood about that whole thing is that that, that piece. If you continue to do things that, that bring you joy, I don't know if it's you keep out of your head if you're happy, if you, I don't know what it is, but being in that joyful place allows you, again, to trust and to be in that magnetic zone where stuff just starts to come in. Mm. I, I bet, I'm thinking of your energy. Mm. You got it, yeah. So the squirrel, really one cool. of them? Because I think that's the one I am. <laughs> Caffeinated squirrel. A manifesting generator where we're like, oh my God, a thousand ideas. So, you know, and I think that those of us that trust our inner guidance and can pivot, we get a reputation for like giving up on stuff or whatever. And I don't, one of the things you got to do is not, well, exactly, and and I and I have been accused of like go go go, moving on, moving on, moving on, and being kind of oh, thank you so much following the flight of fancy right? and like not sticking with something long enough. And the fact is, I have stayed in that joy, and I've continued to improve and get better mm -hmm. with every step that I've taken. So while my path may be different than other people's paths, and it may make other people really really uncomfortable, it has worked really really well for me. I don't live in my parents' basement anymore, exactly. and I don't ask people if they want bread or. Uh, if they want super salad at the Olive Garden. So it seems to be working out okay. Amazing. Even right? though it makes people very uncomfortable. And I never say, like, you should do what I've done, but it's staying in that joy and following the right thing for me. Exactly. You know? And if everyone did that, I really believe that we would have, I mean, it would be a magical place, yeah. the world as we know it. Because I don't think necessarily everyone is in a place where they want to start a brand new endeavor and have all this oh. responsibility on their shoulders. Like, some people are very happy carrying on the mission of something that they believe in and just lighting up the world in that way. Absolutely. But I think if you're in tune enough with yourself to know what's right for you, that you're not waking up every day and being like, what the hell am I gonna do to get out of this? I'm yeah. so miserable. Mm -hmm. That you're going to bring in those opportunities and live in that joyful place that you will add that energy to the world around you. And that's how we elevate just as a culture.
culture as, as a world. Yeah, and, and this is one of the, the things, and this is sort of the last point I want to jump into, is um, that following that joy is often very uncomfortable. You have to dance in that discomfort zone because you are stepping away from what the outside shoulds are saying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're like dancing away from that and you're dancing into this trust of this intuition thing that you're like, I don't have anything on paper that this is going to work and somebody's going to drop 15 grand in my lap so I can go do this. I have a picture of myself at the top. I bet. It's so exciting. (laughs) You know, and well, you brought up something when you're talking about your talking topics, difficult conversations. Yeah. I think if you allow your life to happen to you, and we've talked about this too, where, you know, whether it's relationships, jobs, those kinds of things, and you're just saying yes because you don't want to make a decision, you don't want to mm. feel it, it's what, it's the should. Easier. Yep. Correct. It's like, oh, well, you should be a doctor, or you should do this, or you should do that. Once you start to tune into what's right for you, you may have some realizations that are not, that you realize these things that you've created aren't right for you. Anymore. Yes. Yep. And that's extremely painful. Yep. You have to break out those difficult conversations and break off things and uncreate and recreate and, stuff. And sometimes letting people down. They're hurting people. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's that's the, the hard part is because we do evolve. And what's right for us at one point may not be right later. And I think mm. as long as you're in your integrity and you're really doing your best at all times, like I don't think you can ever fault yourself. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah. That that process of, you know, being like, oh, wow, I probably should have listened to this five years ago. And now mm-hmm. I'm, I've got all this going on and I have to undo it and move in this direction. Mm-hmm. It can be really difficult. So I think, you know, the hard part about that is, is trusting that that's okay mm-hmm. because... I think at our at our hearts we don't want to hurt people we don't and, yeah. and sometimes the pivot does yeah. sometimes the pivot hurts us right so I think that you have to equip yourself as well well and, and also to your point mm-hmm. earlier it's not always taking some giant Herculean leap and selling everything and moving to Bali you know on your joy mm-hmm. it's it's also saying okay maybe now I just take a little step and I move towards this mm-hmm. and I know this is my direction and I can't make these giant hurts you know, and giant abandonments right now, mm-hmm. and I know what I'm heading towards. Exactly. It's being intentional, not necessarily immediate. Right, intentional, too. exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. so important, yep. that's so important. Yep. That intentional piece, I think, is essential. And I think, too, like, if you ever have a big download like that, where like, I need to sell everything and move to Bali, dig, dig into that, because maybe it's not, maybe you're running Maybe something. it's not as crazy. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, well, exactly. You gotta decide <laughs> if there's a void there. I do this great exercise with my clients. That's, <laughs> the police are knocking on my door. Maybe I'll move to Bali. <laughs> maybe that's not what you need to do. There, it's called the Demartini Values Exercise. Have you heard of Dr. Demartini? Yes, I have. Well, why have I? He wrote the values factor. Okay. And he's got this exercise where you like parse out your values. There's a PDF somewhere online and it's free. It's great. Google <laughs> it. Yeah. Find it. Exactly. It's free. It's not, we're not stealing. He's fabulous. But the way that he has you figure it out is he has you then look after you make your hierarchy. He has you look at those and, and instead of saying your values or what you live by, you look at what you're actually spending your time on. And if something stands out as a quote unquote value and you don't like it, it doesn't feel good or authentic to you, like money, for example, or whatever, or always thinking about romantic relationships. He invites you to look at it and say, perhaps you've created more value in that because it's a void. Uh-huh. And, you're, and you're thinking that that's part of your path, but actually you haven't done the work to fill up that hole in the dam. And so you see that as like a divine waterfall. And really you're mm. supposed to be putting a patch in it because you're supposed to be paying attention to other things. So that's always, for me, when I'm working with clients or even in myself, like I try very hard to look at, am I making this decision from a place of void mm. where I'm taking an easy way because I'm trying to patch up something that hurts? Or is this actually something that feels good and authentic to who I really am? So that 
that kind of, I love that exercise because as you start to sink into your intuition and your path and all of that, I think we have to be very mindful that we don't come as blank slates, especially as adults, right? Mm, yeah. So being able to look at that and say, well, this is what I value. Ooh, I probably don't want to value that and base yeah. decisions on that. And so it's a really cool exercise to kind of like, you know, sink into. It's funny just hearing you talk about that. I'm like, oh yeah, I've made a few decisions on, on <laughs> exactly. fill in the void. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> but it's the greatest lesson, right? Yeah. And then you go back and you're like, it's oh, a hard oh, lesson. <laughs> really? Yeah, look directly. I really at like it. my hard yeah. lessons to come out like great in the end instead of just sucking and me going back and going, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I did that. Yeah. I, I put myself right, right there in the middle of that. I love that. it. <laughs> well, Sandy, thank you so much. You're delightful. And I and I appreciate your insights and sharing your uh, your your path and everything. I'm so excited that you get to join me on, on all of these shenanigans. Yes. I'm so grateful for you. Thank and, you. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Oh, there you have it, Sandy Bean. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Hopefully you got something great out of today. Whether it's something you're thinking of doing because it just feels right or something you're planning to do that you're thinking you might not want to do because it doesn't feel right, or just taking that leap. What, wherever you are right now, think a little bit about how you might be able to tune into yourself and figure out what's the right move here. And I'm not saying we don't look at the strategy and think about the knowledge that we have externally, but sometimes it's good to tune in and say, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We've got continued amazing content coming for you. So subscribe. And if you need a change speaker and some little spunky redhead to come in and spice up your team because you're having some challenges with change, Give me a uh, give me a message. Uh, yourchangespeaker.com is my website. I've also got some books called Get Over It and Get Them Over It uh, for dealing with the uh, discomforts of change. Whether you're an individual dealing with it or manager dealing with it, go on Amazon. You'll be able to find those books. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.